Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five-star review. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> and we're back welcome to bleacher brawls it's me your boy it's barnes i am joined tonight by Cassim and joey how you guys doing we're just gonna go around the horn real quick um joey what's going on in your life well i, I seem to become the whipping boy uh the last 24 hours <laughs> everyone in the chat was has been getting terribly mad at me uh you know things are going well Liking the the weather's warming up. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. And I'm just really happy that I'm getting to spend so much quality time talking with my friends Cassim and my friend Barnes. Um, the the real thing is I'm trying to gain some weight. I've been eating about four or five brownies every day, but I'm still not gaining any weight. So if anyone can give me any uh how to gain weight tips out there, uh let me know. I've got plenty for you. I'll help you out after the podcast. But also, if you're listening, make sure you shout out Joey on Twitter. Uh, Joey, where can they find you on Twitter? My Twitter is at JDS Bostonian. That's at JDS Bostonian, like the type of shoe, uh, which I didn't even I wasn't even aware was a thing until after I made that account. <laughs> and there you go. Make sure you give your weight gaining tips to Joey. Stay skinny, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be easy in, you know, five six years mm-hmm. uh Cassim, what's up with you buddy uh not much uh <clears throat> everything is going good uh baby's growing uh what's call what else um it's warm here in detroit feels like indian summer all week it's reaching high to the 60s compare what we were at last week at negative 20 so I'm, I'm happy and uh you know it's been a sad note this past week knowing that the earthquake took over uh in the Middle East, you know, first time ever in my lifetime that I've seen affect five countries. You know, I'm Lebanese, I'm um, from Lebanon, and it it didn't affect uh, certain places. You know, my family's, uh, my wife's family's safe. My uh, my mom, my aunts, and all of them, they're all doing okay. Uh, some of the people have survived under the rubble in Turkey. I just want to, some of my, uh, hopefully everything will be okay, and um, they could live out of fear, do not live, uh, hopefully they don't live in fear the rest of their life after this tragedy, but uh, they're getting up on their feet and God is the best of planners. So, uh, you know, condolence for you, uh, Joey. I know uh, it's hard, but inshallah, it means God willing in Arabic. Uh, we're going to get through this. So I just want to send my, uh, you know, my deepest uh, condolences to the people up in Turkey and all the countries that got affected by it. Absolutely, yeah. Here at Bleacher Brawls, we want to send our thoughts and prayers to the people who are affected by the earthquake. It's 
just a huge tragedy and you know we're obviously thinking about them it's one of those things where even at work today a couple people stopped and were like hey have you heard anything good like positive about it and you know it's because it's obviously we're still in that phase where things are still like pretty glum and bleak you know and we're just here trying to hear some something good come from it and obviously it's hard to say and you know, I feel so, kind of ridiculous saying we're trying to hear something good come from this disaster, but we're just waiting for the news to turn that we hope everything gets better. So, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's affected by the earthquake, but uh, trying to move on and in, into a more uh, fun conversation here at Bleacher Brawls. Uh, I want to say my uh, and I'm going to I feel like I'm in the minority here, but I'm going to say. Hey, LeBron James, I know you're an avid listener of the Bleacher Brawls podcast. Congratulations on your uh, overtaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in, you know, in your career for the regular season. It's not an easy feat. It means you just show you've been playing a long time. You've been dominating the game for a long time. Uh, real quick, like just yes, no. Does this help LeBron overtake MJ in the GOAT conversation? Joey? Um, No, I think... It'd be one thing to say if you considered Kareem the GOAT because he had the most points, but, he, you know, we never considered Kareem the GOAT. I don't think there should be a determination in, in making LeBron the GOAT. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I don't want to be totally unfair. Like, if he gets enough rings, uh, I, I think he should be considered the GOAT at some point. But until he's there, he's just simply not there. And and uh, Jordan's era of dominance uh, will probably never be equaled. Cassim, uh, No, never. Jordan was, the, Jordan was the GOAT. I watched him. He destroyed my dreams of the Knicks not winning <laughs> the championship. Uh, you know, whoever watched Kareem in the 80s uh, were lucky. I just, I never got to watch him because he retired. But Kareem was the GOAT of centers, and he was the GOAT. He played a lot of years, and he had the best thing, Skyhook. Uh, Kareem was the man, and, you know, he is in the discussion as the GOAT for he was the best center, but I'm just saying in my time when I watched it, I saw a large one. But LeBron's never he's not gonna be in the conversation. Enjoy LeBron, enjoy the bus driver. Just take <laughs> a back seat like you so, did all the time. So Kasim the Dream is a big fan of Hakeem the Dream. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm a big fan, Joey. Hakeem ruined my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys. I don't. I don't think that LeBron uh, will ever take over Michael Jordan as the goat, even if he played for another ten years. Like I just don't think that would happen ever. Um, Michael Jordan is literally the only player I've known to take on um, otherworldly beings in a basketball game. Uh, shout out to Space Jam One, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. So, yeah. if listen, the Last Dance did not prove anybody. And Michael Jordan is the GOAT. I saw what you missed in the last dance. I saw him make a half-court layup, okay? Space Jam. Check it. Um, But all this being said, you know, LeBron's feet, you know, here at Bleacher Rolls headquarters, you know, in our group chat, you know, oh, LeBron, he stinks, he's great. Oh, he's he's good, he's not. And then it it came into, like, who's the top NBA players? And there was a big stink in the group chat this morning. Um. And your yours truly, uh, I don't want to say that I started it, but I nudged it in the right direction, and then maybe someone on this ch- uh, on this uh, podcast episode really ran, took it, and ran with it. So the conversation was Magic versus Bird. Um, 
Joey, I'm going to let you go first because you were very passionate this morning, and then I'll let Caspin go. Is uh, Where do you stand on the Magic versus Bird? Who's better and why? Take it away. Well, well I'm firmly with Bird. Uh, as my father used to say, Larry Bird was God manifested on the parquet floor. And, of course, Barnes has now just got up and left now that I've started speaking. Um, yeah, Bird, a period of dominance that I don't think Magic ever got close to. Uh, you look at Bird's stats, Bird averaged five more points a game. He's a better rebounder, better leader. And he did a lot more with a team that was that had a lot less features at, at the beginning than what uh, Magic had. Um, I think Magic's a great player. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a huge dearth of difference between them. But when it comes to that conversation, I think it's undeniably Bird. Uh, just on defense alone, I mean, if you add his scoring plus his defense, I mean, Ma Magic has no room to make that up. So firmly in the Bird camp. And it's a shame that he didn't get to play more games in his career because of his back issues. And I'm sure if he were able to, he would be firmly cemented in the top three or four uh, NBA players of all time and not be thrown around in these lists of five or six. And I, I will, I do have to say, um, part of my argument with Luke, who was interrupting me during my English class, I'm like in English class, my English teacher's like looking at me like on my phone and I'm like typing these things under the desk. Um it was that Luke is is from Massachusetts, so it was just, it just came as such a shock to me for him to be such a, a turncoat. But you know, Luke is uh, Luke is a lemming. Luke the lemming. Uh, Luke will listen to whatever the, <laughs> the the prevalent view in sports media is, and of course, Magic is much cooler than than uh, than Larry Bird, so he's gonna go with that. Um, Luke can't handle being uh, countercultural in that manner. He. He has to go along with the with the line of the sports journalists. But as many NBA players will tell you, Bird was the best. The one player that Jordan was afraid of guarding him was Larry Bird. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. Bang, bang. You heard it here from Joey. He's a, he's a Bird guy. Cassim, where, where are you at on this magic and Bird? Larry Bird, baby. I've been a Bird guy for a long time. Even though Magic Johnson's from Michigan State. Magic is a great player. He's awesome. He's one of the best I've seen. Don't get me wrong. But he's not the greatest point guard of all time, like I said, because he he's six foot ten playing point guard. I don't consider him a point guard. He could play all five positions. I respect him for that. Uh, especially in his rookie year when he was in the finals and uh covered uh you know Kareem Abdul Jabbar's injury and started in the finals and won. But Larry Bird is just on another level. His shot, his dribbling skills. It's trash talking. Everybody thought Michael Jordan was the biggest trash. It was Larry Bird. Larry Bird backed it up. He tells you, watch me shoot this ball. I'm going to hit the game winner, and then I'm going to go back into the huddle and tell you I told you so. That's Larry Bird. Larry Bird, not only he made guys better, like Robert Parrish came, Kevin McHale, Dennis Johnson. You know, the Celtics built that team. It was all because of Larry Bird. Magic had the privilege of playing with the great GOAT of the GOAT of center was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, big James Worthy, one of the best power forwards I've ever seen, especially at a scoring rate, the way Worthy played that position. Um, Michael Cooper, um, who else? Um, you know, they, they, they had a very talented squad coached by probably, to me, in my opinion, the best coach in NBA history, and that's head coach Pat Riley. You know, Pat Riley was amazing. 
And Magic was a great player, but if I had to pick, uh, Larry Bird's my guy. That it's always been Larry Bird. You could bring any argument you want. Larry was that guy. Yeah, Larry seems like he was that guy, especially with the trash talking. I've seen like YouTube clips of him trash talking. I always love, I literally love that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we need more trash talking in sports. When I was an athlete, I used to talk some trash, especially on the football field, just because it was the nature of that game. It's just like, man, you know, I just owned you. You know, I just owned you one on one. I just owned you. Uh, so I, I like seeing some players with some trash talk. I hate the, oh, well, we want all the players to be upstanding citizens. And like, yeah, we want them to, you know, abide by the laws. But yeah, so, somewhere between Aroldis Chapman and Brock Holt, right? Is so, a... Somewhere in between. <laughs> somewhere in between. <laughs> so you heard of these two guys. They're bird guys. I'm, I'm a neither guy. I, I don't, I'm a very casual basketball fan. I, you know, I, I like playing devil's advocate sometimes just to hear like the counter argument, you know? So even this morning when I was like, well, what about magic? And then everyone was bringing their case about bird. And I was like, Hey, listen, I I don't know. So if someone wants to take one of these guys on in a, in a argument about bird or magic at us, bring it, bring it. So you, you know where you can find Joey, where can you find uh, Cassim? Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at capital K capital C. Then A-M-I-N-E 33. Listen, if you want to challenge these guys on Twitter, at them, literally. But moving for history, on. For a history lesson, just to let you know. Yeah, for a Larry history Bird. lesson. And, and Larry then maybe, Bird, Larry, maybe Bird, Larry Bird almost signed with the New York Knicks on a five-year deal in 1991, but he ended up going back to Boston. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's a history lesson. That would have been... That now, would have been great. <laughs> What would have been a all right if Bird goes to the Knicks instead of staying at Bo- in Boston? Is he like the next curse after the babe? Oh God! Uh, How would I that have shaped history? I, you know, Barnes. I would have not known because his back gave out. You know, if healthy, you know, Bird could have played five years. If it wasn't for Magic getting diagnosed with HIV or AIDS, HIV. I mean, uh, he would have played. Uh, longer but you know back then you know bird took a beating man yeah i mean players don't take beating i mean with the with the celtics used to do with the pistons oh yeah I mean, people would be taken to jail now if they did stuff like oh that. yeah that's uh, why i hate I mean, that was brutal for for the 80s mm-hmm. people were watching bill lambeer with cheap shots i mean it was horrible <laughs> I mean, it was great to watch but i mean it was brutal on these guys and uh you know a guy like bird if he was, uh, you know, if he got the treatment like NBA players did today, it averaged a hundred points a game. Flourish so much more even than he did at that time. We can only expect uh, speculate, and we can only dream, like Kasim the dream. You got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on to some baseball stuff, is I was scrolling around today and I saw uh, a headline that was about like a really old pitcher pitching a game, and I was like. I got to click this. I can't not click it. And it was about a pitcher, in, a Korean pitcher, uh, Dai Sung Koo, who also pitched one year for the New York Mets. <laughs> and he's he pitched a game at age 53. And he says, and I quote, my arm still feels fresh. I think the oldest player I ever saw was Jamie Moyer, who... You know, how how old was he when he freaking retired? Like 74? 49. 49. 
are we ever gonna see a pitcher pitch like that late into their years? I was gonna say uh, Julio Franco, but I guess Jamie Murray topped him. <laughs> well, I think the thing is that they all make too much money now. You know, like it, it's tough to tell a guy that's like made like you know maybe like a hundred million dollars over his career. Oh, you need to come in for another one. You know, I mean, back in the day, a lot of players would keep playing until they literally couldn't anymore mm-hmm. because that's what they had to do financially. I must you see with a lot of pro wrestlers. I mean, mm-hmm. these poor pro wrestlers, I mean, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts will be walking out to the ring at some like gymnasium in Kentucky. You know, he's like 70 years old, you know, so these guys just play, used to play for as long as they possibly could. They make too much money now. It's so it, it has to be like a journeyman type guy who, who who's still like in, in the baseball middle class, which is like what, like $700,000 a year. I mean, I don't even know if that's possible anymore. But you, you need a guy who's determined to keep working uh, and, and and is not content with, like, sitting on the pile of money that he's made. And especially, like, for a pitcher, too. Um, if you're a guy like Scherzer or Verlander, you know, who's up there, you're not going to play till you're 50 years old, even if you could, because your quality of play is going to go down and it's going to affect your counting stats. It's going to affect your ERA. It's going to affect all the averages which you care about and all the accolades which you so highly choose. Um, so it, for those type of Hall of Fame guys, that's not going to work for them. They'd never do that. So it has to be like that perfect journeyman type player. Rich Hill could do it because it seems like he's determined to keep playing. Rich Hill would be the only guy I could think of that could go that far. Cass, are we ever going to see a guy like this ever? I, mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, Tom Brady was a perfect example. He tried to play till he's 50. This year showed, like, that's it, buddy. Your time is up. And baseball, you know, just like NBA and football, times are changing. Baseball, same thing. You can't, you're can't. you not going to play till you're, like, the Jamie Moyers. Or, you know, I know Rich Hill's still going, but, yeah, he's probably the last old geezer that's still going. That's still going. But um, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I so- don't. I mean, so we don't have the Nolan Ryans and Rich Hills anymore. So, real quick, Rich Hill, he is first age- time anyone's ever used those two in a sentence together. Sorry, that's, sorry. No, that's good. This real quick, Rich Hill is uh, in his about to enter his nineteenth year as a pro. Um, at at age forty three, Jamie Moyer retired after twenty five years of playing at age forty nine. Wow. Now, Rich Hill, he has pitched, let's call it uh, 1250, like 1250 innings. It's uh, 1259 officially. J.B. Moyer, his over 4,000 innings. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't think we'll ever see that ever again. Maybe ever. Does he have the does he have the record for most innings pitched? Well, it's gonna be some guy from like the eighteen nineties. Yeah, who had like these unofficial games, but uh actually is a- Cy Young is the all time leading uh leader in innings pitched with seventy three, uh seventy three thousand. Seventy three fifty six. So who's from the mod who from the mod? I mean Nolan Ryan must be up there, I imagine, right? Uh we've got uh who the hell is this? Hud Galvin. Uh, is there anyone? No one. Ryan over fifty three. Uh, Phil Necro fifty four. 
thousand or fifty four hundred, not fifty four thousand. Fifty four hundred. Greg Maddox, uh, just over five thousand. I don't, I don't see um, Wakefield right in a real quick look, but that's a, that's a, not an easy feat. You know, Rich Hill, yeah, he's an old geezer, but he's only at twelve fifty nine. Granted, he had some years well, where he, he got hurt. Ball. He was old. He played indie ball for a while. He was out of the league, I think, at one point, wasn't he? Perhaps. I don't. I don't even know. I'm just trying to. It was just a quick glance, quick look at. What the hell is going on? But something like that just caught my eye. Like, hey, this really old dude. Now, for the record, uh, Dai Sung Koo, he didn't play for, like from when he started to age 53. He had He's had a couple years off in between. And maybe that's why his arm still feels fresh. But I still think that's pretty cool. And I think he's actually on the uh, Team Australia World Baseball Classic roster. So if he's on that roster, I'm I'm rooting for them. I'm just rooting for the old guy. Is uh, I mean, how was his performance? I'd like to know how he did in that game. Did he go? Uh, things. Give me one second. I'll I'll uh, look it up. But while I'm looking that up, real quick, is we also posted a Twitter poll on the uh, Bleacher Brawls uh, Twitter account, and it was which team in the AL East do you hate the most besides? The obvious rival. So if you're a Yankees fan, you obviously hate the Red Sox the most. Which is the team that you hate the next, like the next most? Uh, so Cassim, I'll let you go first, and then Joey, I'll let you go uh, while I'm pulling up the uh, how he did in the game. Uh, the team I hate um, is the Tampa Bay Rays. They've been a thorn in my rear end for a long time, and uh, they always get the best of us, especially you know during the playoffs. Sometimes during the season, it just, I don't know, they they do well against us. So, you know, that's the team I can't I can't really stand. I don't have nothing against Toronto. I know a lot of Yankee fans have beef with Toronto. It's not really a rivalry. There's no rivalries. It's only Yankees and Boston. Even that cut down a little bit. But um, there's no rivalries in the AL East. But if I had to look at a team that I hate and I can't stand, they're annoying. Or a thorn in my rear end. That's the Tampa Bay Rays, even though they got yeah. Kevin Cash, who's a good, very good manager. You know, I, I'm with you on that, Cassim. I remember when I was little, uh, there was a, it was a period in time where the Yankees weren't as competitive, or or we were Red Sox were having trouble with the Rays, right? We, I wasn't worrying about the Yankees, and I said, I said, Dad, there was a, there was like a game going on where if the Yankees won, it would be better for the Red Sox, like in the division standings or something, and I said. Dad, you know, we should really be rooting for the Yankees in this because the Rays are, you know, more capable of hurting us. And when I tell you, my father looked at me like I had just blasphemed and, and, and committed sacrilege in, in front of him. I mean, he, he looked at me like like I was no longer his son for a moment. And, you know, and then he then he came back and he explained to me, Joey, we always root against the Yankees. It doesn't matter when, anytime, anywhere, we always root against the Yankees. But, uh, yeah, the Rays... I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm tired of their shtick. They've been doing it for too long. I'm tired of it. Grow some new material, you know. Spend some money on people. I'm tired of you guys beating us with, uh, you know, forty million dollars worth of salary cap. Did Baba give you a good calf? <laughs> hey Joey, did your dad give you a good calf? Talking about the Yankees like that. Guff Otherby, no, my father would never hit me. <laughs> That's the Arabic term, Barnes. Oh, you want to learn? 
<laughs> oh, listen, man, I've I've caught a couple of those, so I get it. <laughs> the good old uh, with Mac and call, the Barbie, what they call here an ass whooping. <laughs> <laughs> Barnes coming, middle of Barnes, the rep, the true representative of Middle America on this we're just, podcast. We're getting an ass whooping here. Called discipline. It's not called anything else. This yes, I was disciplined. Uh, I had many Oops. lessons. Uh, spare, spare the rod, spoil the barns. That's that's right. Uh, real quick, uh, Dai Sung Koo in his uh, performance at age 53, he pitched one inning with uh, two strikeouts. Nice, that's not bad for 50. Imagine someone's grandpa, Joey. Imagine your grandpa going out there and getting two strikeouts. Hey, there, a lot of teams are looking for a lefty reliever. Two strikeouts, he's the man. A lot of teams are looking for a lefty reliever since they don't want to play these guys millions. Man, we'll, we'll take pay it. the guy five hundred thousand. <laughs> we'll imagine, take Josh Donaldson in exchange for it. <laughs> imagine Patrick going out there and getting two strikeouts as a you know a senior citizen. Pat Pat couldn't get two strikeouts even when he was my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Patrick. You're just you're just not cut out for baseball. Sorry, bro. Sorry, dude. But uh, going back to the conversation of which team I hate the most in the division, I think it's the Rays, but I don't have any beef with the Rays. Yeah, they're always pesky, and they have a, they're the thorn in our sides for both teams. But I, I just I can't stand the the Blue Jays. They're just annoying and they're pesky. Like you haven't done anything. I don't think you're gonna do anything. The the best thing that they did recently was uh, they signed Bo Bichette uh, to avoid arb- – like they came to a deal to avoid arbitration for him, which I think is important for that team. But Bo Bichette's like not a needle mover really right now. He's a middle-of-the-pack shortstop, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, Bichette – Bichette is for the future. I mean, they're just, I know they want to sign him to a contract to avoid uh, arbitration years, but – Look, Bichette's a stud, man. Um, they got some studs on that Toronto team, man. I won't lie to you, him, Vlad, but, you know, locking up the young core is, uh, is key for that team, especially going forward in the, in the, uh, in the AL East. So uh, if they want to contend, a lot of those young guys got to get locked up. So that's it's Shapiro's doing well since he took over. I give him credit. I wasn't a Shapiro guy. I never believed in him because he couldn't do it in Cleveland, but he knows how to develop talent, man. He really does. That's true. I'm, I'm not a really big fan of Canada. I was never in, into the whole Canada thing. Yeah. So I, I guess I could I could learn to hate, hate the Blue Jays. You know, at Bleacher Bros, we like a we like to pride ourselves on our openness to hate all 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 teams. Yeah, I hate all teams equally. Some teams I hate more equally, though. <laughs> some some animals are more equal than others. Uh, George Orwell. But that being said, Bo Bichette. And, you know, he's an up-and-coming shortstop. He's going to lock down the future, which kind of brings us to, you know, both our teams at shortstop. We've got a little bit of a problem or a gap there. Uh, obviously, the Yankees, they got like four different names that you could play at shortstop. And it almost feels like right now you can pick any one of the four and you're like, whatever, they're just going to do the same thing. You know, Casman, is there anyone that you're really hoping gets the job right now? Oh boy, uh, I mean, I mean, like I said, I think Volpe will get it in June. I think he's he's going to be up in the majors come June or May, whenever. But 
I want Peraza to start, but it's not going to happen. I still believe IKF is going to be our starting shortstop. As well to Corbero. I love to see him as my starting shortstop, but it's not going to happen. He's a utility guy, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, the Yankees, you know, Barnes, you know how it is. Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone are going to come. Uh, he might need to develop more, and they come up with the excuse. So, uh, IKF is going to be a starting shortstop. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I'm actually pretty high on Oswald Peraza myself. Mm-hmm. So, I, I to be honest with you, right now, I think it might be his job to lose. Like if he has Could a be. poor if he has a poor spring training, I think we see IKF at a shortstop like we did last year. And I don't think that's terrible. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's terrible though. You know what you're going to get out of him, and he's going to bat in the bottom third of the order. But it, that brings us to the shortstop for the Red Sox. Uh, obviously Trevor Story is not playing this year. Kike Hernandez has kind of been in the spotlight recently about how he's you know willing to do everything he can for the team anything and everything, you know, whether he's playing in the outfield, whether he's playing shortstop or he's, you know, managing the team. I'm pretty sure Kike would have like a good time managing the Red Sox, but Joey, how confident are you in Kike Hernandez at shortstop for 2023? Um, you know, I've never really been high on Kike. Uh, I think there's probably some old takes of me from a while back um, where I ended up being right in, in for most of 2022 and 2021. I mean, Kike really, uh, he he's really had only one good half with the Red Sox since he's been here. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good guy. I think he's really interesting and charismatic. But for me, like he now he has to perform. Like if he's doing all, if he's like performing this whole minstrel show or whatever, uh, he he he's he's got to perform and play good baseball. You know, if he's gonna go out there and be Mc, if he's gonna go out there and be the front man, well, he's got to play like Mick Jagger. You know, he 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 can't. Uh, he can't be hitting like 230 or something like that. He he has to be up there and a significant uh, addition to this team. So I'm glad he's doing this whole media run. I don't know if John Henry cut him a check to try to get some good PR for the Red Sox. Um, but he, he's got to live up to it now because he seems a little cocky, right? I mean, like it's a little cocky to go hanging around doing all these big interviews and stuff when you basically didn't play last season uh, and the season before you had about one good half. So he's got to put his money where his mouth is. Uh, and he's on a one-year contract too. So I, I hope the Red Sox fan base does not get too attached to him. I don't know who they're, I don't know why they're trying to make him the new personality. I don't know if Verdugo said he quits and he's going to focus on baseball this season, which, which might be a good thing, but you know, Kiki's only got another year left on his deal. So I, I would not plan on getting attached to him. Heim likes breaking people's hearts. Like just like how Bonds was breaking girls' hearts. Heim likes to break the hearts of Red Sox fans. So, you, you know, you bring up a good point. This is Kike is on a one-year deal. We shouldn't get too attached to him. Besides Devers, like, is is Kike, like, the next front man for this team? Like, I, I, it was one of those things where I'm thinking, like, oh, Boston Red Sox. I, I don't think Sale is a front man for, like, a, you know, a, a you know, a flagship guy. He's He's been hurt. He's been, like, basically in and out, like, like the wind it's not Paxton it's not you know like anyone in that rotation really you know you're banking on all these guys for the future to be the poster boy but besides Devers like is it Kike Hernandez I mean skill wise no I mean skill wise I don't think I don't think he's really close but you know obviously it's maybe in terms of fandom like in terms of fandom yeah I mean 
I always presumed that Verdugo would probably be the next most popular position player. But, you know, even Cassis, I just read an article today. Cassis is going to all these media events, like really hyping himself up. You know, he's active on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, I want to get an extension. I don't know. I, you know, people say I have an older man's perspective on things sometimes. And maybe this is me being kind of a fuddy-duddy, but I, I don't love like a guy that's played like a month already being so uh, enthusiastic in public about his presumed position on the Boston Red Sox. I'd like, I'd like him to perform a little more before we're all having these great, you know, like extracurricular media tours and stuff. I, I think he should focus on playing baseball before he focuses get, on getting the admiration of the public. So all that being said, you know, you bring up a good point with like these media tours and getting pumped up, whether it be the media or, he himself pumping himself up and like, I, I'm going to be that guy. I'm him. Now it brings us to the Yankee side of things is like any other ma Yankees manager. Aaron Boone is always under scrutiny. Yankees managers will always forever be under scrutiny. Aaron Boone. I think this is his fifth or sixth season going into 2023 with the Yankees number six. Sick. And he hasn't really done too much is I got to think that like, Hey, like, He's he's got to be on the way out soon. Like the media is going to want him axed, fans want him axed. You know, there's 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 two types of fans. You're either with him or you're against him. You know, and Casim, I kind of know where you stand on this, but do you think that this could be the year if the Yankees don't really get it done? Could this be the year that Boone gets roasted? No. Uh, if you look at the past, I know Showalter. You know, he was there, but as you look at Joe Torre 10 years, Joe Girardi 10 years, the Yankees are consistent keeping managers for a long time, but I never was an Aaron Boone fan. But uh, like I said, he could be a good regular season manager. It's the playoffs is what worries me about him. Uh, listen, win or lose, he's still here. He signed the extension. They gave it to him, so he ain't going nowhere. And we have to live with it. Is uh, Who's more of a lemming? Uh, Joey, who's more of a lemming, Luke or Aaron Boone? Uh, I definitely go with Luke. I mean, Luke has this, <laughs> Luke, Luke has this uh this certain quality to him that uh, I think makes him the perfect avenue for lemming-like behavior. Uh, Boone, I think at least <laughs> Boone, I think at least uh you know makes makes a lot of decisions that rub people the wrong way, for better or not. I mean, Boone has some intensity, some drive there. I've never seen Boone as all that bad of a manager, but I'm a Red Sox fan, and I'm completely biased. So hope, hopefully people like uh, like uh, Luke the Lemming uh, don't ever find themselves in a position of being an MLB manager because they'll have a horrible time having to do anything that's not popular in their in their uh social media baseball circles and I, I mean i love luke i love luke but this is this is this is true i mean anything that, that has been trendy in a little baseball circle you know like otani being the mvp really and not a judge like he, he hops right on that you know he has to be a part of uh he has to be a part of a little movement uh whereas of course on this podcast Cassim barnes and i all come up with holistic views on the state of baseball Whereas Luke takes his uh, takes his facts from Derek McGuire, so place place your trust in who you must. But uh, yeah, Aaron Aaron Boone is not as much of a lemming as 
as as uh, the Merchant of Lies. <laughs> the Merchant of Lies strikes again, uh, and I know Luke will get you know he'll get some enjoyment out of this. But you know, even today, I went in the Bleacher Brawls chat and we were talking during the Magic and Bird debate, and I was like, yeah, you know, I brought up something that you know it's different, like. Hey, did I think that Judge was going to win the AL MVP? Yes, I believe that he was going to win the AL MVP. Should Otani probably have won? Yeah, probably. He's a little bit of a cheat code. He he, he's, he keeps you under the roster limit, and he is an awesome pitcher and an awesome you know batter. You know the he the guy's a cheat code. He probably should have won it, but I totally understand why Judge won it, and I'm glad he won it. So there you go, Luke. I said it on air. Are you happy now? We can drop this subject. Anyway, uh, going and, back. And by, to- I, I do have to say, Luke. Luke is a very fun guy, and you know, I'm sure in some, I'm sure in some circles they call him loquacious Luke. But you know, just just. Loquacious Luke. Oh man, stop, stop right now. Stop that. Uh, but going back to the original question of Boone being on like the hot seat, will he get axed this year? I, I don't, I agree with Cassim. I don't think he'll get axed just because I think as long as Brian Cashman has a job, Aaron Boone will have a job because Aaron Boone will do the things that Brian Cashman asks him to. And Brian Cashman will uh, be the actual merchant of lies and m- make sure that he gets the job like, oh, no, don't worry, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner. We'll, we'll do it this time around. And then he they won't. Uh, so as long as Cashman's around, I think Boone will be around as sad as that seems. But so be it. So be it. Um, also, real quick. Oh, Barnes, uh, I enjoyed your trade negotiation skills the other day. Not to throw you off track. Oh, that's that's not a problem. Uh real real quick the in the last episode the monday morning episode uh they were talking a little bit about matt barnes and apparently matt barnes did say that heim bloom had a secret he said he heim has a plan but is that the secret plan is that the secret plan we've all been waiting and talking about no one they, really knows they called me a conspiracy theorist they said i was making it up but no, they, they the people in his group do actually say that they claim they have a plan, right? People, the the the, the apologists like Derek and Luke claim that no, there was never a secret plan. It's just a way of doing things. They always claim there was a secret plan, and now when the bell has told, there's nothing to be found. And I'm sure I'm sure Casim has a take on this as well. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too animated. Just me and Luke had a very intense discussion today. You know, here at Bleacher Brawls, everything's an intense discussion. Very intense. <laughs> uh, but moving on, moving on. Uh, at BleacherBrawls.com on Friday, uh, February tenth, uh, an article that I wrote will be going up on the website, and it's called uh, "New York Yankees 2023." My guys. Um, so I asked Casim and Joey both to pick one player from the team that they like and then they support as their guy. You know, and this this all stemmed from a inside joke between me and my dad. And it was Robinson Cano's rookie season. And during spring training, I was like, Robinson Cano is my guy, Dad. Like this this guy's gonna be awesome for the Yankees. And he had an awesome year and he had an awesome career with the Yankees. 
but I remember when he hit his first home run at Yankee Stadium against the Tigers, I got so jacked up. I was like, Dad, that's my guy. That's my guy. And my dad, being the ball buster he is, looks at me and goes, son, no, that's my guy. That's my guy. I'm like, Dad, what? What? And I was a kid, and he goes, I let him be your guy. Like, I, I, I shared him. But he's really my guy. I was like, I, I was just so animated. Even though in damn well, I called it before my dad. I was like, this is crap. So it's when you're hearing this and you're in your headphones, you know, we're uh, the air date is February 9th, but maybe you're hearing it later. I'm going to ask these guys to pick one player on the either the Yankees or the Red Sox who's going to be their guy for the season. Uh, it can't be Judge or Rafael Devers because those are everyone loves those guys. We're always expecting them to have big years and be huge contributors for their teams. So, Casim, I'll start with you, then I'll go to Joe, and then I'll even and then I'll tag in too for your guy, 2023. Who's going to be a big Yankees player, Casim? Who's going to be a huge contributor for the Yankees' success? Giancarlo Stanton. The reason why is. Uh... When he's healthy and he's and he's going to be honest with you, I know Judge had the historic season last year, but when Stanton gets going, that team gets going real good. I mean, they're hard to beat, and Atlanta becomes even more dangerous. And I've seen it, especially against the Red Sox, Grand Slam. Uh, just he's my guy, and I think you know a healthy year at the DH spot this year. I think he's going to do very well, and he's the guy. He's my guy this year. Uh, Cassim, real quick. Uh, in 2022, Giancarlo Stanton had played uh, 110 games, mm-hmm. and he had 31 home runs. I I need to know, you because you just said he's going to be healthy. Are we seeing more than 110 in games for him? Yes. And then home run total, where, where are we thinking? 40. Ooh, 40 and... home runs. I'm thinking 40, 40 home runs, batting average of, I'll say 270. And yeah, I could see that. And I could see. I would love that. 40, 120, and batting average of 270. 120 are, uh, RBIs? Yeah. Man, that, that would be humongous from the Yankees' cleanup if, spot. Joey, if healthy, that's what I'm saying, if healthy. 270, 40 home runs. And 120 RBIs. Yeah, I, I want whatever you're on. I mean, I, I I wish I could I could convince myself. I mean, I'm on water. <laughs> you know, the, the, the the avarice some of you Yankees fans have, the complete greed that co- that I see seeps through you. A judge can have a 61 home run or 62 home run season, and now you're expecting Stanton to hit first of all 270, which I think would be borderline impossible for him to do he he, he did it in 21 exactly 273 <laughs> 40 home runs 120 rbis uh not gonna happen and he's not gonna play enough games to do that well, but, the age. but but keep, keep the dream going keep the dream going time heals all wounds of course you got it but i think stanton's wounds are pretty big so he's gonna need a lot of time to heal so all that being said you just kind of called out Cassim's guy Joey, who's your guy for Red Sox 2023? I think Verdugo's my guy. I think I've always been high on Verdugo. I, in 2020, I don't think he got enough recognition. I mean, even though it was a 60-game season, he was our best hitter in 2020. He hit 300. 
I think he's perfectly capable of hitting 300 again. So I'm not going to make the bold predictions that Kasim is known for. And maybe maybe that means I'm a lesser man. But I predict Verdugo hitting about 300 next season and being a key contributor to the Red Sox lineup and proving a lot of people wrong. But I think Verdugo is cap- very much capable of being a top-tier hitter uh, for average. So, yeah, Verdugo is my guy. Great personality. Got really unlucky last season. So I'm going to say like 300, maybe 20 bombs, 15 bombs, and I'll be very happy. And the Red Sox will be very happy as well. I got to assume Verdugo is going to hit like near the top of the lineup. Am I right for assuming that? So, you know, these sabermetric communists uh, like to bat people second when they're the best hitter instead of third. No, it's true. It's like this weird thing. So, you know, traditionally, I'd probably like Verdugo hitting second uh, and then maybe like a Yoshida or a Kike hitting first, depending on like how the season is going. But it seems to me like Verdugo is going to be hitting more in like the the middle half of the order, like six or something like that. Uh, not really where I'd want him, but you know what can I do? This the sabermetricians have completely ruined the game of baseball. So the traditional lineup making is not. I mean, you, you totally other topic to throw Yoshida in in his first year from Japan leadoff a, a, a place in the lineup where he's never hit before. I think is awful. <laughs> But it's probably going to happen because that's what these people want. So, and they, they they'll never be happy until they destroy everything I love. Batting Yoshida first is awful. You heard it from Joey at JDS Bostonian. <laughs> Make sure you tweet at him. Get his get his following up. Go at him because he's he's got some good takes here, and I'm enjoying him. I I also kind of agree. You know, at the same token, it's like where are you going to bat Yoshida? You know, it's either first or eighth or ninth. And I think you just want to see what he can do right out, right out the gate. Yeah, you don't want to put immense pressure on a guy like that from out the gate, especially a guy who's never hit. I mean, he's never hit first. He's a power guy in Japan. I'm not saying you bat him third or fourth, but I mean, if he's hitting well enough to bat leadoff, he's probably hitting well enough to bat fifth or second, right? Mm-hmm. If he's not hitting well enough to bat leadoff, then we have a whole other problem. Here I am with my 2023 my guy, and this guy is actually not in the article. I saved him for the episode today than when you're hearing it. So if you want to hear the other three guys that are my guys, make sure you check out bleacherbrawls.com. Check out the article uh, for my guys 2023 is Oswaldo Cabrera. I, I'm really going to just pound the drum for him. You know, in 22, he had 44 games with the Yankees. I think he's going to easily play over 100 games. I think he's going to be pretty, uh, you know, I don't want to say mediocre, but I think he'll bat around like 260, right right there around that range, like 265, which I think would be huge. And I think what's really going to make him valuable is that he's going to be the utility guy that Kasim said earlier in this game, earlier in the episode. Kasim said, he, oh, he's going to be a utility guy. He's going to be playing left. He's going to be playing right. He's going to be playing third. He's going to even play some shortstop. And I think if Oswaldo Cabrera can be healthy and be solid, it's going to help the Yankees out in the long run, given extra time off for Rizzo, extra time off for DJ LeMahieu. And, you know, if if um, Oswaldo Cabrera can, you know, bat around 260, I'm not expecting him to drive in a ton of runs, but even if he had, you know, 260 for 100 games and he had, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 RBIs, we'd be extremely happy with that. You know, he hits in the middle of the lineup somewhere, like six, seven, you know, bottom 
you know, middle or bottom third of the lineup. So I think that would be huge for the Yankees if Oswaldo Cabrera had a really, really good season. And I think we're all counting on it and hoping for it. He has pop, Barnes. I'll admit that. He can hit the ball. And he yeah. has speed. He just, you know, um, I'd love to see him start in left field if we don't, you know, acquire anybody. <laughs> but if Willie I Calhoun mean, doesn't somehow get the job. Yeah. Like somebody actually, you know, to be honest, Barnes and the Yankee group that I'm in, uh, they gave out the non-roster invite, uh, invites. I'm like, I didn't, you know, just like Major League, you know, the movie. You know, half of these players, I don't even know them. And half of them are just past their prime. You know, some of these players never had a prime. So you yeah, know, yeah. And you this be... guy here is dead. So you like, just cross them out then. Just, just cross them out. <laughs> just be done with it. But uh, don't you think it could be bad for his development to move him around that much, though? No, because no, not really, Joey, because to be honest with you, his versa, his versa, versatile around the infield and the outfield, that's actually perfect. That gives people days off. So I like it. But yeah, I, I'm not much, I'm not high on his fielding, but at the same time, he does need experience because he did cost us game three against Cleveland. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, him and Clay Holmes, but uh, mismanagement by Boone. But Cabrera, I could see his talent, uh, you know, the ceiling is very high for him, and I really like him. I'm yeah. hoping, I hope he gets the chance. I hope they give him a fair chance. That's what I'm hoping. Uh as far as like development problems, like will it hurt his development? Will it, you know, no. yeah, pro, pro, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite New York Yankees, made a career of being a utility player, and that was Luis Soho. Like, and I know everyone's gonna be like, well, "How is he one of your favorite Yankees?" And it's, yeah, it's just. Soho. It's just childhood memories of going to games, and yep. one game I saw him play at second. The next day I saw him play at short. The next time I saw him play at third, and I'm like, I just like this guy. He was a very likable guy. He he always seemed to come up with a big hit when the Yankees needed it. But he made a career of being a utility guy. You know, that's kind of what DJ LeMahieu does now. But as far as development, yeah, it probably could. He wouldn't be, you know, he'd be the jack of all trades, but master of none. You know what? You actually remind me of something. Uh... So you said you your my guy was Robinson Cano? Yeah, way back when. My my guy was Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo? <laughs> Mark Trumbo? <laughs> hey, hey, Joey, don't get me wrong. Mark Trumbo, that boy can hit. He couldn't field worth his shit, but he sure can hit. The Trumbo. So what happened was I remember when I was little, and I'll try to keep this short, uh, I found his baseball card, like his minor league baseball card. And I just remember going up to my dad and be like, this is my guy. Like, he's going to be good next year. You see, you, you'll see this. This is like a you know, seven-year-old or whatever. And, you know, he ends up being good the next season. I think he comes second in the rookie, AL rookie or whatever. And then he's playing for the Angels and he's playing with Trout. And this whole thing started where I hated Mike Trout. <laughs> I hated Mike Trout because... He was taking the spotlight away from my guy, Mark Trumbo. Oh, yeah. So, like, as a little kid, I hated Mike Trout because he he was uh, not as good as Mark Trumbo. No, guys, it's not true. Like, Mark Trumbo is way better. <laughs> and I, I was totally offended by all the spotlight and attention that Trout got in, in face of my guy, Mark Trumbo. And when he used to come, uh, when he played for the Orioles, and, like, he hit, like, a grand slam or something when I was at the game. He uh, he's my guy, Mark Trumbo. Yeah, shout out to Mark Trumbo. Uh, I pulled up Mark Trumbo's like stats real quick. In 2016, he had 47 home runs. That's pretty ridiculous. 
<laughs> Freaking Mark Trumbo. Joey's my guy. So here we go. We're gonna close it out. Um we're we're fans of drafts here, and I think we're gonna do this until spring training goes our uh, opening day goes but today we're going to draft the best catchers so you're going to try and come up we're going to go four rounds and we're catchers only and you're going to try and come up with the best four catchers and then we're going to post it tomorrow on twitter and people can vote on it so Who's first who is first it's actually Cassim. oh me Cassim, you're up first then it's joey then it's barnes so it'll go first round Cassim. Joey Barnes and then uh Joey Barnes sounds like Joey Bart and we all know what Cassim thinks about that guy. Be below. Exactly. <laughs> you heard it here first. So uh all that being said, uh Cassim, you are on the clock for the best catcher's draft. You have the first pick. JT Rilamuto. Uh sorry. Scratch that. It's best catchers all time. So it's not just players now. So I'm gonna oh, let you, you said oh wait hold on. I think no 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 that's unfair that's unfair to cast I screwed up best catchers all time oh all time then okay that's easy mine is Mike Piazza you should have stuck with Real Muto I'm just kidding <laughs> Piazza my favorite catcher of all time fair enough Mike Piazza off the board you probably watched him a lot when you were in this area the New York area yeah I got his jersey with the Mets <laughs> really. Yes. Uh, and Daryl right. Strawberry. I I like straw. I'll give you that. I actually met Strawberry uh, at a uh, guest speaker thing. It was really cool. Strawberry is a cool dude. Uh, wild man, but cool dude. Uh, Joey, you are on the clock. Are we, are we testing uh, these guys for PEDs or, or, or no? No. Listen, give everyone PEDs. So Piazza is allowed to have any supplements he wants? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't... Um... Don't question Mike Piazza's integrity. He wasn't quite. He wasn't. Uh, on okay. The okay. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. The I think the traditional pick for best catcher of all time, Johnny Bench. You were there for his rookie rookie debut, right? <laughs> Joey Big was there. Machine baby. You know Joey man. was there. Um, great pick. I I don't think you can go wrong with Johnny Bench. I think he's just you know a staple. Uh, I'm gonna take someone from modern game and someone who. I believe he just retired. Yeah, he did just retire. I'm going to take Yadier Molina. Not a bad pick. I saw a thing on, uh, and I actually, you know, I saw it on the Bleacher Brawl's Twitter account, and I took a pee. I was like, yo, really? Yadier did that? And it's a, it's a stat about stolen bases since he entered the league. Like, it's stolen bases against. And here it is. I'm trying to pull it up here. Um Fewest stolen bases allowed in the MLB since 2005. Cardinals, 886 stolen bases. The next best team with the fewest stolen bases allowed is the Diamondbacks with 1,300. <laughs> like, Yadier is the man. You can't you, you can't deny it. Um, so then uh, for round two, for back to me is I'm actually gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna go. Pudge Rodriguez. I'm going to take Yvonne Rodriguez. Who was growing up, he was just the guy. He More was. so than Piazza, in my opinion. But that's just me. That's um, Joey, you're up. I'm going to pick Boston legend Carlton Fisk. 
I thought you were about to go VTech. I was like, I was going about to smack you. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us back to Casim. Well, Casim's going to pick Posada, right? No way. No. I'm going to right. go with JT Real Moto. Ooh. Sticking with his original pick. Should have just yeah. left it. Yeah. Uh, and then going back into the third round. So now you're, you're back up again. Oh, I'm up again. Okay. Holy crap. I got to remember. Gary Sanchez. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that. Stop. <laughs> Behave, Joey. Behave. Uh, give me a minute. There's someone Kasim is missing right now that he's going to be pissed when I tell him. Yeah, it's yeah, not exactly. even coming to my brain. I didn't. When he said catchers, to be honest with you, I probably read it wrong. I thought it was like this arrow. I, mean, I had. Oh my God. What about Joey, VTech, Kasim? Joey, stop with that. Stop with, uh, stop with that Craig Biggio crap. Oh, uh, I know. I know. I know who he said. That's a good pickup, but see, I know a lot of other people better. What about that uh, fat guy for the Blue Jays? <laughs> I think I know. What about that guy uh, Pete Rose ran into, Ray Fossey? <laughs> Javi Lopez? Javi Lopez. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. It was that Atlanta Braves catcher. Yeah. For a long time. He could have hit, too. So it was my fault, hey. Barnes. I apologize. Career, I career 287. I didn't, I didn't read the thing right. That's fine. No worries. No worries. Uh, Joey, you're back up on the clock. And Casim, you got plenty of time to think of your last catcher. Wow. So is this my last pick? No, you got no, you got one for this one, and then you eventually have a second one. You got two more. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with someone just because I think I think it's crazy that neither of you guys have picked him yet as Yankees fans. Uh I'm gonna go Yogi Berra. Ah, I was hoping you'd get back to me because I figured you wouldn't betray the lines. Yeah, I said, listen, sometimes I can... I mean, don't get me wrong, Joey. I'm just... Uh, old school's not kicking in my head. It usually comes like that. But, well, I um, figure you remember him because he's the manager. Well, he got fired. He he did get fired. <laughs> he did. They all get fired, man. Yeah, he got when fired. They retire? <laughs> because of that, him and Steinbrenner went for a long time not speaking with each other. But all Ooh. of that being said, I'm going to take Thurman Munson. Yes. I'm taking Munson. Mm. I'm thinking of the now. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, there were thinking two the... great Yankees. I was expecting you to. I, I know. I just the uh, thing ain't coming to my mind right now. Did Girardi pit play catcher? Yes. Yes. He's not yes, one he... of the greats. No. I, I don't know, Casimir. He might be good for your team. Provide some leadership. <laughs> well, yeah, I got yeah. the real mood on Javi Lopez. And I'll probably go one more. And then uh, I'm going to take who I think is one of the best catchers in of the modern game. I'm going to take Buster Posey. That's a good pick. Oh, that's a good one. That's a Buster good Posey was great. Like when he was on those, those giants teams always dominated and he was always at the center of it. So hats off Buster Posey. I know you're listening out there. Uh, Joey final pick for your team. Dude, Posey and Joe Mauer, man. Remember Joe Mauer, how much of a big deal he was. Oh, that's a good one. That's He's a, a huge one. deal. Um, but did he have that longevity, you know, for for this type of draft? I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll pick a guy from the twenty first century, Joe Mauer. Give me Joe Mauer. This is a this is a big moment for you, Joey. You never picked these young guys. Listen, I just I don't like people my own age. That's. <laughs> 
Joe Maurer's not your age. <laughs> uh, so that rounds out your team. And Chasm, you are up with the final pick in the draft of catchers of all time. Yeah, I can't think too far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a catcher that's playing right now, and I'm a and I think he's Hall of Fame worthy once he retires. So I'm just I'm just talking about the modern era as of right now. Give me Salvador Perez. That's Ooh. a good. Pick. Selby Perez is really good. Love Selby. I love him. He's freaking good. Yes. So uh, here are the final teams. I'll read them out, and then uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, Kasim's uh, catchers are Mike Piazza, JT Real Muto, Javi Lopez, and Salvador Perez. Joey's got Johnny Bench, Carlton Fisk, Yogi Berra, and Joe Maurer. <laughs> and then my team, the winning team, is uh, made up of Yadier Molina, Pudge Rodriguez, Thurman Munson, and Buster Posey. Well, your your, your guys' teams are looking scrappy compared to mine. Oh my god, you guys, you've you've only seen one of your guys play. Who do you think won the last draft? Can you admit it was me yet? Or no, 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 no. It was definitely me. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> no, I. I crushed you guys. Oh, my word. Oh, we're debating here again. And all of this being said, before we get heated again, uh, let's wrap up tonight. Any final thoughts before I start taking Joey's head off in this draft? Uh, any final thoughts, Kasim? I really enjoyed uh, seeing you guys. Uh, it was a great episode, man. Uh, guys, spring training's here, baby. The The bags are packed. They're traveling. It's ready to go. It's spring training. After the Super Bowl, which I don't care about. It's all about baseball, baby. We're two weeks away from the game's beginning. Rosters, WBC. It keeps us busy all the way to spring training, uh, to opening day. So I cannot wait. And Joey, I'm glad you're doing okay. Barnes, I'm glad you and the family are doing okay. That's what I care about. And thanks, guys, for today. I appreciate it. Joey, any final thoughts? Yeah, is that a new poster on your wall? My wall? Yeah, is that new? Or did this I just one? know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's been there. I usually just have uh, the camera set up a little bit differently. All right. Well, it's an interesting poster. I'd like you to explain it to me about it later. Let's not tell the viewers what it is. Let's let, let's keep them in suspense. I want I want you in the comments. You on Twitter at us. What is the poster on Barnes's wall? I'll give you a hint. It's not uh, the one Joey's talking about. Is not sports related. <laughs> so I'll give you that. Um, my final thoughts is I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I'm also glad I got to see and talk to you guys like we do every week. Um, Super Bowl, although Casman is very sad and disappointed, uh, yeah. it should be exciting. Chiefs-Eagles. Uh, I've got the Chiefs winning. I don't know about you guys. I'm on Team Chiefs. I think that they're going to yeah, win. Chiefs. Actually, no. Hold on. Re- let me rephrase this. I want the, chief- the Chiefs to win. I think the Eagles will win. No, I know what Barnes means because Giants fans then don't want the Eagles to win. Like me, to be honest with you, I could care less. I don't I don't want the Chiefs to become the new dynasty like the Patriots. I just can't. Chiefs so can't Eagle, go. I'm not even rooting for the I just I'm just gonna watch it, enjoy it with my friends, but I don't want to see another dynasty. So That's Mahomes true. Mahomes will still have one ring. So I'm just hoping Allen can catch him. That's right. That's right. So for here us here at Bleacher Brawls, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a very good day or night whenever you're listening. Peace out. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.
All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter. Anyone ever try to buy you, tempt you with brunch to do something? What? Anyone anyone ever offer you brunch in order to get you to do something? You know, what happened to the word breakfast? Now there's a new word called brunch. (laughs) This is the word breakfast. Oh, my. It's the biggest ripoff, Joey. My brother, he took me and my wife. We know we wanted to get out a little bit. So, dude, we like drove like a freaking hour. I'm like, dude, man, this guy, you're taking me too far. I'm like, where is this place? Yeah, thank you. Uh Uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. It's all right. So she, my brother took me to brunch. Dude, I paid like almost a hundred bucks. I'm like, my wife bet makes better scrambled eggs than this. I mean, <laughs> oh man, yalla, get Yalla! In the kitchen. <laughs>